Welcome back to the Sexuality and Fetish Podcast with me, your host, Mistress Harley. Welcome to a whole new season of the podcast. You might be wondering, why did I not announce that I was ending season one? And why didn't I tell you when I was starting season two? The answer is, I've just been so busy living my best life that I literally forgot about the podcast. Yeah, that's what happens, and I don't care. (laughs) Everything I do is fairly recreational, and to catch you up with me, I've been filming a documentary for a production company called Art in Europe, and that was super fun. My favorite part was that I held the documentarians hostage, and I made them hunt for the afikomen, which is a hidden piece of matzah that parents hide for children on Passover. So uh, it was Passover when they were interviewing me, but I made these documentary guys go like run around my house and look for the matzah, which is, of course, a tradition for Jewish people during Passover. Anyway, I know that you perverts have been waiting for a new and exciting podcast from me. So today I'm going to talk about no one gives a fuck. Exposure fetish. That's right. Maybe you've seen my YouTube video called Some Losers Want to Be Exposed. If you haven't, you should check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash mistressharley. But it's true. Some people want to be exposed. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because the documentary that I was just shooting was kind of about this topic as well. Shame and embarrassment and exposure on the internet. And there are so many things to talk about when it comes to this topic. So I figured it was time to do a podcast on it. And of course, if you want to see some of the people that love being exposed, you can go to one of my many websites, loserhallofshame.com. That's right, loserhallofshame.com, where you can see exposed sissies and losers, many of which have provided their photo ID, their passports, their driver's licenses. Ultimately, it's as if they completely wanted to be exposed, and they did, and they are. And see, now everyone's happy. (laughs) But I'll talk more about exposure fetish in a minute, because of course, first, we need to talk about sex in the news. A lot has happened since season one. So a few weeks ago, The Guardian had an article called, I find sex increasingly disgusting. What can I do? And basically, this article discusses the rise of people's repellent disgust for each other's body fluids. And of course, in the time of pandemic, maybe it's a survival instinct or reasonable to find another person's bodily fluids disgusting. But this continues a trend that I've noticed in both men and women for a preference toward a non-fluid exchange environment, which of course, if you follow it through, means being alone, solo sexuality, or of course, as I call it, 
porn sexuality. Because both men and women consume pornographic content, both men and women enjoy pleasuring their own bodies. And of course, gender regardless, everybody needs the stress release and the pleasure of physical experience now and again. But thanks to modern technology like the Hitachi Magic Wand, really, there's no need to exchange fluids with another person in case you're trying to procreate. You can even do that in a lab with nice, clean eggs, the best eggs, the best sperm. Make that designer baby because really the natural method is so gross. And really with all the STDs that you can get with regular TDs, transmittable diseases, fluid exchange is becoming riskier and riskier, especially outside of a known monogamous relationship. And of course, Isn't it funny? Monogamy is really only as effective as how much you trust the other person and also how frequently you see them. If the other person is not in the room with you 24-7, you cannot be assured of their monogamy. So what is the safest option? What is the least disgusting option? Solo porno sexuality. And you can read my book, Porn Sexuality, on Amazon. All you have to do is search for me by author, Mistress Harley, or the title, which is porn sexual. And my book is about porn-dependent sexuality in the digital age, another one of those fascinating topics that I could go on and on about. One of the topics that's been in the news a lot recently is sex positivity. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the term, sex positivity means generally being supportive and open-minded of other people's sexual desires, identities, and proclivities, as long as they're between consenting adults. The idea being that we shouldn't judge each other for our sexual selves or our sexual lives, and that people can do what they want as long as everybody is a grown-up who agrees to do those things. But sex positivity is coming under a new kind of scrutiny, as it seems more and more people are realizing that by being sex positive, they thought that meant saying yes to everything. So if you're a person who's approached and a sexual congress is proposed, you might feel more compelled to say yes out of a feeling of just trying to be sex positive and non-judgmental, but forgetting that you yourself can have your own preferences and that you don't always have to be, as Dan Savage would call it, good giving and game. In fact, perhaps sex positivity is sometimes toxic sex positivity. There is a historical timeline and context to all of these things, of course. So briefly, I will discuss that generally women's sexuality has always been controlled by the patriarchy and has always been valued in a different way than male sexuality, meaning for a long time, women were not supposed to have sex outside of marriage and a woman who wasn't a virgin was considered soiled and blah, blah, blah. By the 1960s, all our grandma 
grandmas and moms were burning their bras and fucking whoever they wanted, and it was before AIDS, so get it. Good for them. But, of course, by the time we get to the 90s, there's AIDS. And there's also this kind of creepy rape culture that starts to occur between men and women where women feel socially pressured into having sex they don't want. And feminism brought with it an idea of sex positivity. Have sex with who you want. When you have sex, as long as it's with a consensual adult, then there's no shame there. Be safe in terms of disease or pregnancy prevention and make sure that you're safe when you do it. But Really, the 2000s spawned an era of sex positivity that felt more like gaslighting sex positivity. Some idea that you couldn't say no to someone if you weren't into the thing just because you should be sex positive and not judge them. You should try it. And really, some people don't need to try everything to know they're not going to like it. I think of it like a buffet, the sexual buffet of life. If you want to try everything at the buffet, power to you. Put a little bit of everything on your plate and see what you like. But some people look at stuff and know, I don't need to try that to know I'm not going to like it. And I certainly have had plenty of experiences where I thought, I don't know, I'll try that didn't like it, never did it again. No big. But I also had experiences of, I don't need to try that to know I'm not going to like it. It looks horrible. I am disgusted. And we know ourselves well enough to know what those things are. But some people feel like they have been gaslit by the sex positive movement. It's been another way to manipulate people to make them feel obligated to do gross sex stuff that they don't want to do. And Really, the message of sex positivity should be do what you want to do, even if it's nothing. It's not just about being able to say no to sex or specific sex acts. It's about having total body autonomy. And I've talked about this before. People should have the ability to say, hey, enjoy your kink, but that's not my kink. I'm not going to do it. And I've always felt very strongly that if somebody approaches me with something I'm not into, I'm not going to do it. Not to be sex positive, not out of obligation, not out of love. I don't care. If I don't want to do it, I'm not going to. Because generally, people have regret about doing things that they don't want to do. They end up feeling coerced or pushed into it. And unless that's a scene that you've worked out beforehand with someone else, that's not a positive sexual experience. And so sex positivity, is it about being open-minded and positive about sexual experience? Or is it just another way to gaslight people into fucking when they don't really want to and maybe aren't really into it? Honestly, This is all about people being able to take responsibility for their own actions. So you can be sex positive and still be able to say, nope, not going to do it. That's cool. I hope you find someone that does. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I tell somebody like, that's not my thing. Go find someone who does that. I don't do that because I'm not going to go outside of my comfort zone for someone else. It's very different if someone comes to me and says, 
Mistress Harley, I would love to go outside my comfort zone for you. Okay, that's a game I know how to play. But I'm not going to play the game of try it because you should, because you should be sex positive, And if you're not, then you're some kind of phobe. Fuck that. And now, because I like money, a quick word from our sponsors. If you would like to sponsor the Mistress Harley podcast, you can contact me directly at mistressharley.com. Maybe some of you exposed losers want to have a little ad, a little commercial on my show so that everyone can find out who you are and you can be even more exposed. My last item of sex news this week is actually more of a question, because as you all know, I am the tech dom. Yes, that's my trademark. Don't let other bitches fucking steal from me. But I, of course, am always experimenting with long distance devices and control, whether that's sex toys or chastity devices or putting cameras in your house and watching you all the time. I enjoy using technology to control my long-distance slaves 24-7. And recently, the cellmate, who is the creator of the long-distance Bluetooth chastity cage, has put out the cellmate 2, which has multiple types of controls, both locking for chastity and a shock device. Now, I was able to try this out with one of my slaves, but the app sucks so bad. It's such a Chinese piece of shit. And I'm curious. I want to hear from you, my kinky weirdo listeners. I want to hear if you have any favorite devices, favorite toys, favorite things that connect to the computer that allow someone remotely to control some aspect of your life or sexuality. I want to hear all about it. So if you want to tell me about your favorite toys, go to mistressharley.com slash podcast. And there is a button that you can click and ask me a question. Basically, you just leave a voice recording and then I get to hear what you say. Just like we're about to hear from our listener mail. Listener mail is now. Mistress, how can I be more of a mindless goon for you? He was asking how he can be more of a mindless goon for me. And I want to say this is a very easy answer. Listen to my albums, which are available on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, and everywhere music is streaming. Both my new album, Pimpstress, Tunes to Goon, and of course, my first album, Tech Dom, Financial Domination. I also think it's helpful to binge and watch all of my clips on YouTube, youtube.com slash mistressharley, or you can find all of my clips on all of the clip sites if you just go to my website, mistressharley.com slash clips. If you buy them all and watch them all all the time and listen to my music all the time, you're sure to turn into a helpless goon. 
my next two listener mails are both from some of my most exposed losers. And I think it's right on topic for this podcast. So you guys probably remember my dumb French debt slave, Vincent Hubert. So let's hear from Vincent. Hello, this is Vincent, the debt slave French faggot of Mistress Harley, and I want to testify here how fucked I am now by Mistress. After I signed an inescapable debt contract with Mistress Harley two months ago, Mistress Harley made me beg to be exposed on a loser all of shame page. Oh my god, I was so weak. So then she cruelly decided to set the removal fee at $1,000. As I don't have such amount, it seems it's gonna be a lifetime exposure, while at the same time I am drawn into an evil debt that I weekly pay, but that never decreases. Thank you, mistress. I am so fucked. So just in case you couldn't understand Vincent's stupid French accent, I will explain to you that Vincent has signed a debt contract that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yes, he keeps paying those minimum payments, but just like a credit card where you only pay the minimum payments, his interest rate keeps going up, he continues to get added penalties and fees, so even though he pays it every week, his debt actually keeps getting bigger. And of course, I've included some nice penalties like early payoff to make sure that even if he decides to pay me all the money he owes me all at once, he'll still owe me more money. <laughs> but for financial slaves and exposure slaves like Vincent Hubert, that these kind of entrapments are exactly what they want. He wanted to be trapped in debt to me. He wants to make sure that he pays me. He wants to make sure that instead of spending his money on stupid shit, that I get his money and then I get to do whatever I want with it, which is exactly the way it should be. And that's exactly what financial domination is about. And I mentioned earlier in this episode that I was just filming a documentary about exposure and losers who like to be exposed. And of course, I gave them Vincent's contact information. So Vincent, if you're listening, be prepared to get a call from the production people at art because they want to interview you about all the terrible ways I've exposed you. <laughs> now, our next caller is another one of my very exposed slaves. You all might remember Juan Toro. So in case you don't remember, I was on this TV show in Spain. It was either Control Pedro or Control Tyus. I can't remember. I've been on so many TV shows. Seriously, go look at my IMDb. IMDb.me slash Mistress Harley. And you'll see everything I've been in, which would explain why I can't remember what show it was. But Anyway, I was on TV in Spain, and of course, they pulled up loserhallofshame.com. And whose passport picture did they pull up? Juan Toro. So let's hear from exposed loser Juan. I think he's going to push us perfectly into the topic this week, which is exposed losers. Hello, Mr. Scharley. You are so perfect. I've been serving you 
for many years. You are a true goddess, and I love to be at your feet. I, as you know, love this boxer, and I would love uh, if you explain us more about it and about your loser Hall of Shame, and and if you if you enjoy it, and about uh, some of your most exposed uh, losers. Thank you, Boris. So as I said, this is a perfect segue to talk about loserhallofshame.com and why some losers like to be exposed. So obviously Juan Toro is one of my Spanish exposed losers and he likes it. For those of you who've never visited, loserhallofshame.com is my website where I expose losers. And there's really only a couple ways you can end up on loserhallofshame.com. The first is simply by paying to be there. And guys like Juan pay me to post their photos on loserhallofshame.com so they can be exposed. Another way is sometimes guys pay me to make custom clips where I expose them, and then those clip previews also end up on loserhallofshame.com. The third way guys end up exposed on loserhallofshame.com is my blackmail timer games, or as I also call them, my information control timer games. These are videos I make in which there's an interactive game, and you go to a website that I specify, and you upload a photo that I tell you to upload, and then you set the timer to a specific time, and then as the timer slowly counts, down. You're also watching a video where I'm really hot and sexy, and I'm sure you're touching yourself, and you get distracted. And then those photos might get sent to me if you're not paying attention. That's the idea of the blackmail timer game. Now, of course, you can't play the blackmail timer game for free. You have to purchase the video, and there are specific instructions in each video, so I know if you purchased it or not. But ultimately, there are only these ways is how you end up on Loser Hall of Shame. Also, just before you think, but Mistress Harley, what if they don't send you their own picture? Well, they certify by sending me these photos that they are sending photos that they own and they are legally responsible for posting, etc., etc. So if anyone's going to get in trouble, I record your IP address and you're the one that's going to get in trouble for sending me a photo that's not yours. So far, I have yet to have that happen. (laughs) Every once in a while, someone doesn't want to pay to get removed from loserhallofshame.com. And they'll send me an email and pretend like, oh, someone sent you my photo without my permission. But then that email always comes from the same IP address as the photo. When I point this out, I never hear from them again, or they simply pay to have their photo removed. The sneaky thing of it is that it's always easier to get 
in than to get out, which is how bondage works. So once your photo is posted on loserhallofshame.com, I set the removal fee and I might set it as high as $1,000 or even more. I might set it so high that you can never have your photo removed. And I don't care because just by sending me your photo, if you read the terms of use on any of my websites, whether it's loserhallofshame.com or mistressharley.com, you realize that anything you send to me becomes my property. I can own, publish, distribute your photos however I want to. If I want to put your face on one of my business cards and send it to everybody I know, then I legally have the right to do that. Because by interacting with my website and sending me your photos, you've given me the right to do that. Think of it like when you enter a contest, you give the people running the contest the right to use your photos and use your name and their promotional materials. And so I just do the same thing every other business does, which is make sure that anything you give me, I own permanently. And in a case like Juan Toro, I own so many pictures of him. He's paid me so many times to put up pictures and take them down. And now that he's been exposed on TV, there's really nothing he can do about it. I can't wait until my current batch of exposed losers end up in this international documentary I just filmed, because I think some of them will be surprised to see their faces on European television. But for those of you who are not into exposure fetish, you might be sitting there wondering why. Why would somebody want to be publicly humiliated or exposed on the internet for being a sissy or wearing panties or having a tiny penis or just straight up being a porn-addicted masturbating loser? And after years of experience with these losers, I can tell you why. And yes, Juan, I do like it. <laughs> they like being exposed for a variety of reasons. Half of it is the thrill just like people pay money to jump out of perfectly good airplanes and they don't know if that parachute is going to open until they're halfway to the ground. People love to gamble. People like to do things that give them that adrenaline rush and, of course, in this case, also feels sexual. So being exposed is a little bit like the skydiving of public humiliation and exposure. And besides, if you think about it, there have always been men that, regardless of how impressive or not their genitalia are, they still want to show it to people. I remember I had to stop taking public transit when I was in college because every time I was on the San Francisco BART, some asshole would flash me and I would have to look at his little penis. And I hated that. Honestly, it was one of the reasons I got into financial domination. I was like, no, if I have to look at all these disgusting penises, men are going to give me money to do that. And I stopped taking public transit because that seems to be where all the flashers are. So if you've ever been flashed, you know why guys want to expose themselves. For some reason, deep in their tiny, tiny brains, they just want people to look at their genitals. Even if you laugh, even if you turn away, 
way, even if you're disgusted, even if you scream at them, they just want their genitals to cause some kind of reaction in a person. They want to know that they can elicit some emotion from another human being. And again, it's part of this thrill. They flash you and then they run away. Personally, I think that just like it is illegal to flash somebody in public, it should be illegal to send nudes on the internet unless you've received consent first. Showing your genitals to anyone who has not asked or agreed to it is an equivalent to flashing. One of the reasons I like putting losers on loserhalloshame.com is because it's a nice, safe little prison yard for all of them to be in. No one goes to loserhalloshame.com without knowing what they're going to see. No one opens up their DMs and sees those guys from Loser Hall of Shame. You know, it's not the same as having a non-consensual party view you. If you go to this website, you know what you're in for. So you obviously chose to see it. And as I'm always saying, consent really makes the difference between doing something that is awful and doing something that is fine and consensual. So if you go to loserhallofshame.com, you know you're going to see exposed losers. They're basically flashing you, and they want you to laugh at them. Yeah, there are a lot of phone numbers and addresses and personal information. They paid me to post that too. I think the other aspect of being exposed that these guys like is kind of knowing that there's no going back. They don't want to have normal sexual relationships. They feel tempted by normal sexual relationships the way some people feel tempted by drugs or alcohol. They know that trying to be in a vanilla relationship is not actually a good thing for them. They are going to disappoint their partner. Have you ever been in a relationship where you pretended to be somebody that you're not because you knew that that's what the other person wanted? You were trying to appeal to them, but then you couldn't keep up the act because eventually the real you comes out. Imagine you move in together and you get married. Like You're going to be the person you are. You can't repress all of your sexual desires or your sexual identity or the things you're really into forever. And that's where people get into trouble. You don't have to go through a nasty divorce if you never pretend that you're someone you're not and then get discovered and found out. That's a whole cycle of pain. The cycle of trying so hard to be normal and then you're still not normal because you never were normal and you were just pretending to be normal. And eventually you're going to be on the phone with me or you're going to be caught jerking off to porn that your wife or girlfriend doesn't like. Ultimately, if someone lives with you, they're going to figure out who you are. You're not going to be able to repress these aspects of yourself forever. And in part, being exposed means that it's literally all out there for anyone to know. That you can't get involved in a vanilla relationship again without knowing that this person could Google you and see you on loserhallofshame.com. You know that at any moment, your true identity will be exposed. It's almost like these guys are like, flasher Batman. Not in the crime-fighting way, just in the secret identity way. 
Meaning not that they fight crime, but that they have these secret pervert identities and then they have their vanilla identities in real life. But if Batman had a website that said Batman is Bruce Wayne, there's almost a relief of tension in knowing that you don't have to keep this secret anymore, knowing that there's no possibility that anyone will think that you're not this secret identity, that you're not Batman. There's something about coming out of the closet, which is kind of why it's a thing in the gay community. If you come out of the closet, you no longer have secrets to hide. You no longer have a fear of discovery because you've already put it out there and said, discover me, I'm a pervert. And I think that's why guys like Juan Toro and Vincent Hubert and all my other exposed sissies just like being exposed. They want people to look at them. They want you to feel disgusted. They want to be humiliated. And they want to know that there's no tension in the fact that they might be discovered. They are discovered. Everyone knows who they are. And I get more and more requests every day for exposed custom videos where people get exposed in my videos and then post it on all my clip sites. And because I'm very famous, then they get a little touch of the celebrity too. It's kind of like a cameo, except you usually get to see their tiny penises. As always, I want to hear from you, my listeners. So go to mistressharley.com slash podcast and you can leave me a voicemail and maybe you'll get played on my next podcast. And of course, I'm always open to suggestions for topics to talk about, things you guys don't know anything about. And I always am interested in having a guest on the podcast. So if you know someone that you think would be a great guest, have them listen to the podcast and reach out to me because I do enjoy having some good conversations with my fellow deviants. So until next time, stay sexy, listen to my music everywhere music is streaming, get my books on Amazon, and find all of my links on mistressharley.com.